Second Samuel chapter two. Vayiacharechein. Vayishal David b'Hashem Remor Ha'Ele Biachat Arei Yehuda. Vayomer Hashem Elov Arei. David said, "Shall I go up to one of the cities of Judah?" God said, "Go." Vayomer David Ech Ona Ele. Which city should I go to? Vayomer Chevrona. Go to the city of Hebron. When David asked, shall I go to one of the cities of Judah, we have to remember that up to now, David is living amongst the Philistines. David has, is living in the city called Ziklag. In fact, in the previous chapter, that's where David was when this Amalekite came to inform David, and no doubt he thought he would be given a big honor by David for bringing David the crown of, of, of Saul. Quite the opposite took place. But David isn't Ziklag. David is amongst the Philistines. That, of course, we know is very problematic. Now, what's interesting is, in the second half of the previous chapter, and we didn't get a chance to discuss that at all, but in the second half of the previous chapter, we have David's very beautiful elegy for Saul and Jonathan. David is, we know, a musician. He's also, apparently, a great poet. And he mourns and he eulogizes the death of Saul and he speaks about his friend Jonathan. Now in that eulogy, in verse 20 of the previous chapter, he says, Don't let the people in Gat, Gat is the city where the part of, Philist, of, of the Pushti where David was actually living. Achish Melech Gat. Do not tell anybody in the streets of Ashkelon, another Philistine city. Pentismachna benot ha-Pushtim, lest the Philistine daughters rejoice. Pentalozna benot ha-Relim, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised ones uh, exult. So there David has a very negative statement about the Philistines. And what's interesting is he talks about we don't want the, the women. Apparently the women would often be the ones who would sing, who would express the joy. Don't, don't let them know, as if one could hide this, but don't let them know. And what's interesting is that we remember, and this was recorded more than one time in the first book of Samuel, that when David came back after killing Goliath, that the uh, women came out and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. We have spoken about that. Their intention was not to insult Saul. Their intention was to praise Saul, because he's the king. What a wonderful general you have. But Saul, of course, took it the other way. Here David talks about, don't let the women in the land of the Plishtim hear about this, lest they rejoice upon the death of Saul. And later in the elegy, what's interesting is, later in the elegy, he talks first about Saul, then about Jonathan, separately. First he talks about both together, and then separately. And he says in verse 24, Yisrael el Shaul O daughters of Israel, weep over Saul. Who clothed you in crimson and finery, who decked your robes with jewels of gold. So he instructs the women, the Israelite women, cry for Saul. Perhaps it's related to the incident earlier when they came out and said something that Saul was offended by, whether correctly or incorrectly. He talks to the daughters of Israel. 
Do not forget Saul. Cry for Saul. Hamal bishchem shoniim adonim can be taken to mean not just that he brought you the spoils of war, but he decked you in beautiful things. He gave you dignity. And that actually is what Saul did. We cannot forget the fact that the one who unified the Jewish people, the political leader who unifies the Jewish people, who makes these tribes into one nation, is none other than Saul. And that's the story of Yavesh Gilad, and that's the war against Ammon, and that's chapter 11. And David, and this is the beauty of the eulogy, everything he says is true. A good eulogy is not untrue. A good eulogy is true, not necessarily the whole truth. So that's it. The previous chapter ended with this very beautiful eulogy, Ech giborim, How Have the Mighty Fallen? And there David says about the Pushtim, don't let the ones in Gat and Ashkelon know about this. So David, in his eulogy, already expresses disdain for the Pushtim. And then in our chapter begins by David asking God, perhaps I should now go to the cities of Judah. After all, he only runs away to the Philistines because of Saul. Saul is dead. So the reason he ran away doesn't exist anymore. At least Saul is gone. Now, there are still remnants of Saul's kingdom, and that's the subject of this chapter and the next chapter and the fourth chapter. But the question is, shall I go up to one of the cities of Judah? And God says to him, essentially, go to Hebron. Now, we remember Hebron because Hebron is the last city mentioned after David retrieves the spoils that the Amalekites had taken. He distributes them to various cities, and the last city on the list is Hebron. So David, in distributing the spoils, once again, there's a political side to it. He's not just returning lost objects. It's not just Hashavat Aveda. He's making connections to different people. And the last one mentioned is Hebron. And David, of course, is from Yehuda. So David goes to Hebron. And in Hebron, in chapter 2, verse number 4, Vayavo Anshe Yehuda, Vayimshechu Sham et David Lomelech Abet Yehuda. David goes to the Hebron, and the people of Judah anoint David as king over the house of Judah. And then, the second half of verse 4, Vayagidu with David Lemar, David is told, Anshe Yavesh Gilad, Asher Kavru et Shaul. David is told about Syntax is difficult in the book of Shmuel in general, many difficult, uh, syntactically difficult verses. David is told about the people of Yavesh Gilad who had buried Saul. Remember the story, it's the very end of 1 Samuel. People of Yavesh Gilad walk all night, retrieve the body of Saul, and they bury Saul. And now David sends a message to the people of Yavesh Gilad. Yavesh Gilad is the town that Saul saved. Yavesh Gilad is the town that did not participate in the war against the Benjaminites. They're, the, they're the, the natural allies of Benjamin. And of course Saul is a Benjaminite. And now David sends an interesting message to the people of Yavesh Gilad. He says in verse 5, Blessed are you to God. You did this gracious act, this kindness with your master, with Saul. You buried him. And God should repay 
your good deed, chesed ve'emet. Chesed ve'emet means true chesed. It doesn't mean kindness and truth. It means true, true chesed. And that's the qualifier. True chesed. I also, says David, following God's lead. I'm going to repay you with kindness for what you did. And now verse 7, Now he says, be strong. And be courageous. Your master, and I would say your protector, has died. You better be strong. Don't despair. Your master is, has died. But don't despair. And by the way, he says, I've been anointed king in Judah. So the message, I think, is clear. What he's saying is, first of all, he's reaching out to the adversary. And there's nobody more adversarial than the people of Yavesh Gilad. They were the great Saul supporters. But what David is saying is, I appreciate that you supported Saul, and that was the right thing to do, to repay his kindness and to bury him. And God should bless you. And I also appreciate it. But Saul is gone. There is no Saul anymore. So you better be careful. You better, you know, strengthen yourselves. There's no one to protect you. And by the way, I'm the king. So that what there is, I think, an indirect suggestion. Perhaps, since you need protection, perhaps I'm the one who can protect you. It's a hint. He said, it doesn't say more than be strong. But he adds, So the, we have over here a sense that the country is divided. Because in the next verse, Avner, the son of Ner, the general of Saul, took Ishboshet, the son of Saul. We discover that Saul has another son. We know that Saul's three sons died with him, including Jonathan, the main son, obviously. But he has another son, apparently, whose name is Ishboshet. He's taken by Avner, and he took him to a place called Machanayim. I'll come back to Machanayim in a second. And he made him the king over Gilad, the Asherites, Israel, Ephraim, Benjamin, and over all of Israel. And the next verse is, Israel. He was 40 years old when he became king. He reigned for two years. But the house of Judah followed David. So we have essentially, at this point in time, two kings. And that perhaps is the significance of the place called Machanayim. Machanayim is a camp. Machanayim is two camps. In fact, when Jacob came back from the house of Lavan, the first place he comes to is called Machanayim. He sees bands of angels. And that prefigures the fact he's about to meet his brother Esau. He's going to divide his own people into two camps. Lest Esau come and destroy one camp, there's a second camp. And there's the camp of Esau and the camp of Jacob. Over here in Israel... There are two camps. And there is an interesting difference between the two camps. Most of Israel follows Ishboshet. Only the house of Judah follows David. On the other hand, the people of Judah anointed David. When it comes to Ishboshet, 
it's not that the people of Israel anointed Ishbosheth, it's that Avner, the son of Ner, took him and brought him to Machanayim. And he made him king over Gilad and Ashur, etc. So it means that Ishbosheth may have more people, but the support he has from the people is very unclear. It may be very thin support. Whereas when it comes to David, he may not be king over all of Israel. But the people over whom he is king, they have anointed David themselves. So we have at this point two kings. Two kings and two armies. And this will lead us to the next two chapters.